The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber here at the New York Stock Exchange. Dow futures look to bounce from a five-day slide. Another busy week ahead. Fed Chair Powell in front of the House tomorrow. Ten-year yield did get down to 136 overnight and Bitcoin at a two-week low. Our roadmap begins with the bulls battling back. Stocks looked uh, toward a rebound from the worst week in months. Plus, activist investor Bill Ackman's back. It is buying a 10% stake in the world's largest music company, Universal Music Group. Of course, it's a deal you've already heard about, but we've got the details. And crypto crashing. China's stepping up on its crackdown on Bitcoin mining as the reality of regulation certainly spooks investors. Jim, I know you were talking about Bitcoin with the Squawk Gang and here during the uh, before we came on the air. Yeah, I think there are a lot of headwinds now to Bitcoin. Now, Tom DeMarc, who's been the best, saying, listen, should hold, it's got to hold 30000 but there's two headwinds. And one is, I just think that when the PRC goes after something, they tend to have their way. The public, People's Republic of China, not a, look, it's not a democracy, it's a dictatorship. But then I keep thinking about the FBI and ransomware and what happened with Colonial. We know Colonial. How many have we not found out? We know that then people must be paying ransomware. So how about if the FBI goes to, say, the IRS and goes to, uh, the Justice Department says, listen, we can't control this. And then they refer to the Federal Reserve. The uh, Federal Reserve doesn't want, doesn't want Bitcoin. And then they decide, you know what, no more ransomware, just like you're not supposed to pay kidnapping. We're going to use the same application. David, the next thing you know is that there's that instead of thinking that Bitcoin should go up if it's outlawed, right, right, or if it's made tougher to be mining, Bitcoin goes down as if people are saying, I got a regime. Yeah, it's an interesting thing when less of something is being mined and the price actually goes down that as would, opposed to up. It would be the eye of a gold. You would say, wow, right. there's less gold. Closing down 90% of the gold mines would typically but why bring it, the price. How else could it reason it goes going down? Your argument is that China may be trying to crush it as a use case. Yes. Period. Absolutely. And it, look, China, President Xi is different. And we all seem to think that we deal with the, the old communist China, which is that if you do something bad, they'll come after you hard. But now they're just asserting their strength everywhere. If they don't like Bitcoin, they go after the town where that has hydropower and says, hey, listen, we don't want to do this. It's kind of like, like Jack Ma, David. Remember when you found Jack Ma? No, yes. David found Jack Ma. But Jack Ma David was not favorite a, PI. Yeah, yes. yeah, I was. I was yes. out there. I was looking high and low. But David, he, you did not find him in a castle. Yeah. No, he was home. Right. And, and, yeah. and, and humble. Yes, he's been. He has been quiet. Your point is that they they did so called at least crack down, if you want to call it that, or make it clear who the who was in charge. That's the point. And um, and. He has been much quieter. Right. And I don't think I think Bitcoin's a direct threat to the I think they believe that Bitcoin's a direct threat to the regime. 
because what it is is a system that's outside of their control. In our country, I think it's outside of our control when it comes to ransomware. And I doubt the Colonial is the first company to pay ransomware. I think they're the first that almost shut down the East Coast. But I think that it's the Justice Department, the FBI and the Federal Reserve could call and Treasury could call us and say, "Okay, guys, if you pay ransomware, we are going to go after you. And so I look, I am struggling for why when you limit when you limit mining, it should obviously go up unless there is a worldwide redemption of which, if I hope, then Tether is deeply involved. I know that Kate Rooney did a piece about Tether last week and, and how it could possibly be the weak link because they are the, you know, part of what's involving with trading, and they have not really told us what kind of commercial paper backs them, and yet they are one of the largest buyers. And yet I can't find anyone, any desk that, that does business with them. So t- I got the Tether weak link. I got what the heck is going on that this thing is going down if it can't be mined. And I've got the possibility that Colonial isn't the only ransomware. I'm saying that this is not going up because of structural reasons. And uh, I know Tom DeMarc feels that this is a great technician. Says 30,000 intraday. Look out. Got a hole. Maybe the buy point. I'm not going there. Sold almost all my Bitcoin. Don't need it. Well, we're going to watch not just crypto prices, but MicroStrategy and Coinbase shares. Uh, Michael Saylor, I think, was on. Was it Mad last week talking about uh, the use case? For, no, for no not mine, but he, he, he tends now, to. Yeah. He's borrowing money to buy Bitcoin. Fast money. Fast, Fast money. money. Borrowing money to buy Bitcoin. David, historically. And Listen, he is. He is. Uh, he's, he's all an in. Evangel- without a doubt. He's all in. Um, we spoke to Sailor a few weeks back as well on our show, talked about the risk. But here's what he had to say the other day uh, when asked about his belief in Bitcoin. Well, MicroStrategy's got the ability to sweep our software cash flows into Bitcoin. So we're an operating company that reinvests in Bitcoin. We also have the ability to raise debt financing. So we were able to borrow a billion dollars at 0% interest and buy Bitcoin. And so your ETF won't be able to borrow billions of dollars at low interest rates and leverage up. And and so to the extent that the investors feel the management team knows how to manage uh, leverage and manage the core business, then we should get a premium against an ETF. And to the extent that they don't, we'll get a discount. So we have to stay on our toes. I think uh, the headline this morning is that they now own 105,000 Bitcoin. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's getting it really is fascinating. I mean, he's he's a very smart man, of course. Uh, when so you, when what you did talk to him, but I, I, no, I, I, very I, smart. It's, I, I can't remember sort of a it's a it's a unique case. I don't. Do you remember a company anything quite like this? I mean, they had an actual core business that was doing something, and he has basically made them a uh, proxy a, a, for a proxy for Bitcoin right. and arguing as to why you should buy MicroStrategy as opposed to an ETF because of their ability to borrow, lever up, cheaper. Look, I don't want to look back and say, I didn't, why didn't you say anything? No. You sold your Bitcoin, almost all of it. You didn't say anything? Now, I'm saying something. I'm saying that this, that, that when I saw what the Chinese did, I wanted to hear what Eunice Yoon had to say because she's been unbelievable in this, unbelievable. And when you listen to her closely, what she's saying is that the PRC's had enough. And remember, the People's Republic of China is, it looks like they are by far the largest player. So if they've had enough in that government, I don't want, I would not want to test the government's resolve. 
How about you? Yeah. Okay. Can you, well, how many of these guys can you find? I mean, you found Jack Ma. <laughs> I found like 30,000 people. Yeah, I know where Sailor is. He's, he's willing to come on and talk <laughs> yes, he anytime is. you want to hear from him. By the way, the stock has done extremely well, even with this downdraft, when you take a look at the longer term. But the stock's done well, but the Bitcoin. I mean, are well, people propping up Bitcoin by borrowing money zero interest? And what kind of clown? I mean, what, what kind of advised person gives them zero interest? Well, you want to do that? You want to make that loan? Backed by their other Bitcoin. Federal Reserve must be loving that loan. How about Gary Gensler? Has he, like, talked about well, any it speculation? Actually, it actually brings us to today, which is the president meeting with financial regulators uh, about ostensibly climate risks to financial security. But this has got to come up, don't it you think? It has to. I mean, trees and Bitcoin, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about the SEC and climate and, and disclosure because that's going to be a fascinating topic. Oh, no, this and is one that means a lot yeah. for uh, you better start doing. I mean, I, I was talking with corporations some, of all types. I was talking but, with someone who sells uh, uh, credits for trees and sells credits. Yeah, it's a booming business because they're afraid it sells credits for trees. So if you have a lot of trees, you get to sell the credit. Well, the, I mean, they you, yeah, people want to buy credits to save trees. Got it. Um, but they don't want to get. Can we, uh, remember that. can we get to the market? Carl and I were, were uh, getting some well-deserved rest last week. You were here manning the, well, manning the talk, desk. You mean to talk about AMC? What, what about the market? No, actually, I'm just curious where you think stand here. We, obviously, we're going to— Last week was we, a really horrible uh, week. When we open uh, 20 minutes from now, we look to be a little higher, as you There was see, so much damage last week while you were going away. The industrials collapsed, just collapsed. I mean, I'm talking about major moves. Uh, in reaction to the fact that you could say, look, I, I, there were so many different reasons. I say the market, and they put up AMC. That's Oh, the market. Oh, AMC. All right, all right. Yeah. I, that oh, was not my intent. Right. There's interest, some actual companies in, that rate, do real things. Oh, my God. Look at the interest rates plummet. Uh, Honeywell was at 230 and went to 214. Boom. Caterpillar was at two, 250, went to 210. Well, worst week for banks uh, oh, since JP Morgan. Uh, June last year. J.P. Morgan was just a collapse, and we're supposed to get up to C-car. So what, that's a, to the ratings. So what I, I came away, and I just said, interest rates drop. Uh, you had a one-two punch of the Fed, say, of, of, of Powell saying 2023, and then Bullard coming out and saying 2022. So that's kind of a mixed message. Right. Uh, uh, but I did come back and say some things got oversold. Like, I really felt that the banks were just wow. annihilated. And, of course, all the headlines this morning are uh, the House testimony tomorrow gives Powell room to comfort the markets in the wake of the meeting, right? He better do some comforting. What, what, what should he, what, what does he need? Needs to adopt, he needs to adopt a puppy, show that he's sensitive. <laughs> what, what else beyond adopting a puppy, as you recently did? He has to, he has uh, to come out and say, look, we're, you know, we're going to make a decision based on the facts. 2022, 2023. I mean, you listen to uh, Bullard, to Dr. Gottlieb, okay? And the variants. He's saying it's not going away in some states. In other states, it's really good. Uh, There are no, every note this morning, uh, I found, it's like the old days when the market was going up, all the notes were positive. Everybody is questioning this rally. Everybody. City has a negative note about the semis. Remember when the semis couldn't uh, miss? I, I saw that. They trimmed their target on Intel, which they adored, uh, right? They, they loved Intel yeah. more than life itself. And they go from 65 to 60. They put the big kibosh on Intel. And, and, but then they say, look, AMD is at risk. These were the most loved Micron. 25% goes to PCs. And what, what everyone says, look, the notebooks were uh, in glut. Now the PCs in glut. 
because the trade to have yeah. the office at home, finit. Can I, Finito. I, I, I hate to swing it back to our original conversation. I don't want to go on and on about mm. Bitcoin, but I am curious. NVIDIA and AMD, how much? I mean, well, NVIDIA if you has stop a, all mining or Invi- a lot of mining, isn't that they still sell okay, a lot in, into that market, well, even Invi- though they may say they don't or don't want to talk well, about NVIDIA it. NVIDIA has a separate Ethereum division, which they will tell you is not that important. OK, um, everyone, everyone wants to make hay with it. But it, there's a lot of other things involving NVIDIA that are really, really strong. We all know that. But you don't think that it's material in terms of any hit that OK, could I think it's material in terms of the enthusiasm people have for the enthusiasm for NVIDIA. A lot of it seems to be based on this one little division of Ethereum, and I think it should be based on on, on high performance computing, uh, on what they're going to do with uh, with BMW. I think there's a lot of things going on. Do you think I, the new dog would be named Nvidia the second if it was the end of Nvidia? We're coming off that 900 target from last week, right? 900 dollar target. Nvidia I mean, the second. There it is. Do you really so cute? Yeah. Do you actually like say, I mean, that's a long name. You got anything <laughs> no, shorter? Just they just say, also known as Ragu. <laughs> Ragu. The answer's to Ragu. <laughs> or Envid 2. The dog was about to be put to death in Tennessee. Oh. Can you imagine? No. We rescued it. Maybe you ought to rescue more dogs. <laughs> oh, you're I, a pure I, I, I had my dog made for us. We like to go that way. <laughs> yeah, really? It was, yeah, it was made for us. Genetically like, designed. He's the greatest dog of all time. Is that a, Google, result, is that a so. Google dog? <laughs> he was, he's not good, but he's, you know, it's one of those... Is he a Waymo dog? Is that what Waymo's really doing? Because it sure ain't making cars. You can order them online. They make them. Self-driving? Yeah, like like six months later, you got a dog. You can start the music again. We'll take a break. When we come back, why businesses are gearing up for a fight with the SEC over climate change. Uh, Futures do look to bounce after the worst week for the Dow of the year. We're back in a moment. Every day. Thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Welcome back, Carl. You uh, had mentioned uh, in the last segment, of course, Gary Gensler, SEC chair, and uh, some meetings today involving the president as well. All of this, uh, well, around a lot of different things. But one key part of it from the SEC's perspective is increased disclosure uh, from U.S. corporations in terms of the risks that climate change poses for their businesses uh, and how, in fact, they will respond and or disclose. 
interesting article today in the journal uh, uh, talking about uh, resistance among some corporations, uh, in part because, well, how are you really going to measure and explain? Can you do so in an adequate form, Jim, in some way, in a SEC filing? Uh, or is it going to actually lead to perhaps more confusion rather than clarity? Um, but it is all part, of course, of the administration's efforts. And by the way, the efforts of so, many, so much capital now that is in the market are poised to enter uh, to get more disclosure and more understanding so that there are those who can measure progress. Right. Well, you take Microsoft. Remember, they want to go to negative. They want to yes. get rid of all the carbon. Now, they have very strict standards, audit committee, about what really people are doing. And I think that what the SEC ought to do is call in all the companies that have really done a great job and said, what do you do? How do you outside audit? What do you, how do you make sure that it's not a farce? Because there are outfits that do measure. And I would, I would go to Sadia and say, Sadia, tell us what to do. But, I mean, Microsoft, listen, they do disclose they more, and Apple does, and the number. But if you're up, I mean, ExxonMobil, which, by the way, confirmed that the three board members are, have joined the board That's for great. that proxy fight. I mean, or if you're an oil and gas company or somebody in natural, it, it would, you're going to get over-penalized? You can all, or, or, are your investors going to have a full understanding? Or if you really are interested as an investor, shouldn't you then simply be willing, as you look at the three new board members for, uh, for Exxon, uh, to just ask more questions? No, I just think it should be standard disclosure. I think it should be the way we disclose uh, cash flow, the way you disclose the... Right, but it's been years and years of... By the way, cash flow? I mean, how many companies use adjusted EBITDA? We don't even go through all the adjustments. uh, No, the disclosure tells you which one of those is selling by sales. We have sales. But I think that it has to be stickered. I think that that you want to disclose this. Look, I'm not saying that's done overnight. I think that they have to study it. You just don't put... But then I think that from now on, younger people, for instance, the younger people I speak to, uh, I bumped into a bunch of guys last night, and they said, thank you. Thank you for forcing companies to disclose what they're doing to helping people who aren't doing well. Now, that's different from what we're talking about in terms of the environment. Yes, but it is. I think that younger people want to know before they buy a stock. Mm. They want to know, and they should have every right to know, and that's the future of capitalism. I want to see what Exxon does, because Exxon basically has uh, the most pro-environmental board, not just of an oil company. But arguably, right? I mean, what are they going to do? They right. can't get out of the oil business. No, they can't get out of the oil business. But they will have to have the strictest These rules. These members are going to be part of a, a, what is a very strong board already that is pushing them to transition even more quickly. And it'll be interesting to see how transition Darren Woods, the company's CEO. Transition to less methane? Transition, transition to less, less flaring? By the way, putting a price on carbon would be something Exxon certainly would be in favor of. And that goes back to... Kind of some of this disclosure also, because you might have an understanding for certain corporations in terms of what they're... Although it's those ESG pressures that some argue will drive short-term oil prices up. We got it up four weeks in a row. I I think it has. uh, On uh, Conoco today, BMO goes to 72, Mizuno goes to 82. Well, the only way to be sure, I think, I think that first of all, as Dave has been saying, Engine 1 was maybe the most important thing I've ever seen when it came to boards. It's and every oil company, I think, now is in a race to show, listen, we're going to be less carbon intensive. And I think you're right. I think it's driven up oil. But, but David is so right. Everybody is vulnerable if Exxon folded. They beat, they beat Exxon. They beat Darren Woods. It was, it was definitely a moment. You know, Darren has, he's so pro-plant. He's pro 
got plants. Oh, the two plants. The plants on each side. So they make, uh, what is it, uh, orphal? What is it? No. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they eat carbon plants, dioxide. Yeah. Eat, eat carbon yeah. dioxide. But I, I just think that it's for real. No. And, and that's why this oil's going higher. Everyone's scared to death. Uh, Kramer's Mad Dash after a short break on this Monday morning. Don't go anywhere. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, about six and a half minutes before we get started with trading here at the New York Stock Exchange on this Monday. After, of course, a tough week, at least if you were long stocks right. last week. Uh, you want to get to PayPal, though, on your yeah, main Yeah, I mean, PayPal raised some rates to merchants. Very, very small. But I, I pointed out, because this morning, BMO talks about how important it was. Uh, Barclays talked about it last week. But I want to contrast the banks with the fintech banks. Now, both were weaker. But the banks really gave up the ghost. And I, I ask you, do you, can you imagine the banks suddenly putting through some price increases? I mean, they're busy in a race to the bottom. They don't want to lose it. Now, American Express, yes, because American Express is doing quite well. Uh, a lot of it is because they've adopted, they've really pushed for small business. But I'm just saying that, David, as between J.P. Morgan and PayPal, people want PayPal. They do. They really do. And, and I think it's interesting because J.P. Morgan is a great bank. They're doing really well, but they traded. Remember, they Jamie Dimon last. Oh, you weren't here, Jamie Dimon last week saying, "Hey, you know what? Uh, I know it's disappointing, but we didn't trade as well." And it was like he dropped a bomb on people's heads. It was right. a bomb. It was like a H bomb, and people were like, "I didn't know how disappointing it was." No trading here at PayPal. Right. That's it. I know. Right. right. No volatility. Right. In that so sense, right. So this is now the pure play. I don't want. People don't want exposure to credit risk. They don't want exposure to trading. So they're buying PayPal. I always go back. It's so funny. I just remember you know, on that desk, John Donahoe, that John day, Donahoe. telling me, now nah, we're not going to split the company. Then coming back and saying, yes, we are. And it was brilliant. Although eBay's not been that good. eBay this has is, been. But, this has been one of the greatest but, stocks. I mean, when you look at the performance of this stock since yeah. the split. This and Square are two amazing companies. But I think Dorsey said if he, he would come back as Bitcoin if he didn't. Yes. Yes. That he's just going to dress for the, maybe would, dress up as Bitcoin on Halloween or something. come back as Bitcoin. We got, we got an opening bell coming up next. Stay with us. Welcome back. About 90 seconds to the bell on this Monday morning. Keep your eye on Amazon. Uh, shares close to a six-week high this morning. We're going to keep our eyes open for Prime Day, Jim, although some worry about some of the cost pressures we talk about all the time. Yeah. Maybe the number of deals, quote-unquote, isn't as impressive. I, I don't know. I mean, I was on it today. I bought a pair of binoculars today on it. I've been waiting and waiting. And I, I, I just I think that Amazon will not be defeated. I think Amazon will figure it out. I'm not concerned about the things that people are talking about, if only just because they are the greatest logistics team in the world. And they basically, uh, maybe they have to eat profit for a day or two. But wow, 
you know, David, Amazon is, yeah. did not slow down after the pandemic. No, they well, sped up. They sped up. We've sped talked up. often about how many people they added. What was it? Half a million new employees. Yeah. There's been some. The New York Times did a big story on it last week, of course, in terms of the difficulties of adding that many people and managing a workforce and maybe not managing that side as well as they manage the logistics side. But it's incredible. By the way, days away from uh, days away from Bezos, no longer CEO. That's right. Yes. His travels into space. Well, higher orbit, I guess. Right. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> at the opening bell at the big board, it's FS Investments and KKR Credit Advisors celebrating the merger of FS KKR Capital at the NASDAQ. It's Invesco celebrating the launch of its NASDAQ Biotech ETF and the Philly Semi ETF. Um, We'll keep our eye on all of this, Jim. Infrastructure push is going to continue this week. Uh, the president's going to have lawmakers over to the White House next couple of days. Goldman has a note out this morning. They still don't think that a broad package is really in the making, giving, given the resistance to even these bipartisan proposals. I think a lot of us are shocked at this. And a lot of the, uh, the companies that were involved with infrastructure really got hammered last week as we came to conclude that it's just something that is unthinkable that even a smaller infrastructure package isn't going to come out. So, I mean, maybe things are even more uh, ugly between the two parties. you got to be shocked that the, something that everybody in America wants can't get through. It does seem uh, not to be a reflection of public will to get nothing. Right. Yeah, would I be, mean, uh, I, I would think... defy, yes, I think right. what is broadly thought to be the need that we have in this country for spending on infrastructure. Now, of course, it gets back to what you define as infrastructure, which is a part of the debate between the two parties right now, not to mention, of course, the size of said package and whether you can pursue sort of this bipartisan plan that a number of senators have gotten behind. It's a far smaller number, but using some of the already allocated money that came from the COVID relief bill or whether the Democrats have a chance through reconciliation of passing some much larger number. Well, Although the leaders this morning, guys, are United Rental and Caterpillar. and uh, Those would be the ones. Yeah, yeah. If there's going to be one, that's what you have to buy in the steals. Uh, I watched, Cl- watched Cleveland Cliffs. That was uh, very heavy last week. Um, it was a meme stock that went wrong. Uh, uh, like many of the meme stocks now, the meme stocks started breaking while you were away. David. They did. Oh, yeah. Well, I, although we put AMC up because we mentioned the Oh, well, that's the one that, that they're up. just... And, and, uh, they're and waiting. The, the, the original, the one true, the GOAT, is still, GME is still pretty Well, pretty that's, they're, they're reduced to two that, are, that they're, keep, they're trying to keep uh, BlackBerry up. With uh, Furlong now going to the board uh, as of this morning. Interesting. interesting. Yes. That's interesting. Yep. Well, I just think that AMC, um, Adam Aaron, once again, he has an opportunity to uh, raise a little capital. <laughs> what? Keeps getting that opportunity. And he well, he's taking done advantage it. of it. He's done it the whole way. He must be sitting there wishing he could sell his own stock, though. Oh, Look at my that. God. Bed, Bed Bath was down two on Friday. That's one of uh, Wendy's. That was I noticed fiasco. Clover came back after that sort of one or two-day move. Well, that was just, you know, they that liked to engineer short squeezes. Wendy's has come back more or less. There was no short position there, so that right. was a dumb one. Right. Uh, Cliffs doesn't have much short position. That was stupid. Uh, uh, Corsair Gaming, the insiders were all set. And bat hit the bid, furiously hit the eight bid. 
<laughs> they fooled those guys. If you're lucky enough to, to have one of these be adapted by that crowd, you're going to sell. Right? Yeah, well, it's just if you can. Unless you're the CEO, in which case you probably feel like you can't. Well, it's become got to figure something out. It's become a giant joke. Everybody, the insiders, everybody's teeing up forms so that if they are chosen, yes, they'll smash. They're ready it. to go. They're yeah, ready to it go. does bring us to reports of uh, insiders selling it at Ride. I don't know if we call Lordstown a meme stock. Or do, yeah, I saw that by Phil, and I and Phil very quickly said, "Listen, we don't know if it's illegal or not, but I do think that the SEC ought to at least make a call." I hope Gary Gensler's people give him a call to see what did they know and when did they know it, because that was pretty, I thought that was pretty outrageous. I thought it was ill-advised that they went and sold stock, David. Well, yeah, the company would need to sell a lot more stock if it wants to stay, uh, yeah. stay on the right side of, uh, of bankruptcy. Well, they've got to get a deal. I mean, Phil said that over and over again. They need the capital. I like the way the, ba- ba- stocks are ba- the banks are bouncing back. They were... They were a major source of uh, a tremendous selling pressure last week. Some of the retailers, anything connected with home, even though homes were good, anything connected with remodeling got crushed. So it's almost like this whole trade of anything having to do with the home ended, even though Lennar had a great quarter. Mm-hmm. And the banks, because it looked like uh, that the yield curve is going to go against them. So, I mean, there were a million things happening, and none of them really good. Now I see a lot of uh, people trying it again. Maybe Home Depot had a good weekend for guard. This used to be Home Depot's time. Yeah, Christmas in the spring. It's yes. true. I know Matt Boss uh, takes part in a big J.P. Morgan note this morning on the consumer. But their primary areas of caution, food at home, business-related travel, and share of wallet in areas that benefited during COVID. And that would include home electronics yeah. and furniture uh, furnishings. Just amazing. These the, the end of a trade that was so, so important. I know, David, you must be watching what? whether uh, Disney is a pandemic play or a post-pandemic play. Hmm. Well, this year it hasn't been much of a play at all, at least. It's down over about 5.5% versus what is still more than 11% gain for the S&P, Jim. It, it trades largely at this point off of, uh, of direct-to-consumer subs and expectations. Isn't that that's that's it, kind of where it, it is right now. It should be the ultimate wide open, you know, Paris Disney open. And Even though the parks are, are, are back to open fully, um, I guess they'll start cruising at some point, too. Right. Well, they have thanks to this uh, preliminary yeah. injunction. Yes. The judge and the CDC. And then, uh, you know, you got people uh, going to the movies in some fashion, at least. But yeah, but we, will they will they release? When are they going? What's the deal? Are they going to release them to Adam Aaron for a couple of weeks for AMC? I, you know, I don't know. There's a great cost here, by the way, to these companies. And I'm not talking Disney now, but I am talking about AT&T's Warner brother, Warner, soon to be, sp- well, not yeah. soon, but to be spun into Nuco. Okay. The cost for to them of, for example, guaranteeing a back end on the Wonder Woman movie, even though it didn't come anywhere near that number because it basically had virtually very little uh, showing in, in the theater. Uh, the cost to them of the 20 million bucks they got to pay Denzel and then what they've got to guarantee him on the back end, the entire um, no one's focused on that way that you have to compensate uh, your stars and your everybody else involved with these movies, even though you're not getting the revenue number in the same way, it's it's huge. It's a huge potential cost. It's being born somehow within AT and T, I would assume. Um, uh, but it goes to well, this is the way we're going to enhance our direct to consumer offering. But it doesn't come without significant cost. 
That's ATT is now the reason why ATT stock. When can't, you talk to people in the industry, move. it's fascinating. The stock can't move. It's incredible. And Discovery actually is down what three percent for the year. So neither one has, has performed particularly well since that deal was was announced. Um, guys, I did want to mention a stock that has performed extremely well. Back to retail for a second, which is L Brands, up another three percent. They're going to uh, the separation of uh, Victoria's Secret and Bath and Body Works is going to take place by August. Uh, of this year. They put out um, presentation, the filings, uh, the Forum 10 registration statement for that. Um, and you just see how well these companies have done. I mean, one is a two point. I mean, the numbers are the adjusted profit income. Amazing for these two companies at this point, given where the people thought they would be a year ago. And obviously you're talking about now $17.5 billion market cap. And that's really the um, Bath and Body Works <laughs> business that's been it so is. fabulous. Although $600 million in, uh, in operating income for, uh, I got it right here, uh, adjusted operating income of $600 million bucks last 12 months as of the end of the first quarter for Victoria's, Victoria's Secret. Victoria's Secret It made a very big comeback. Remember, they had a deal. Remember that? Right. For to six, sell it for Sycamore nothing. Deal, to Sycamore, right? and they walked away from it. But this is part of the mall being an exciting place again as, as, as uh, you would see from just looking at Simon Properties. And the, the shopping mall really center. is an exciting place. Well, I don't go, but um, but Simon Properties Group. Oh, they just a uh, nice little dividend hike uh, today. I, I think that was amazing. Seven percent range. A year ago, people were worried about a dividend cut. They were really well-run companies. Uh, by the way, speaking of the mall, um, we're going to get Nike results this week. Uh, Tail C does cut to 160 from 175. Jim, it's a two-month low. Well, I think that this is another one where you have to worry about whether the People's Republic of China has decided that it doesn't favor American sneakers. And I do think they have been very close to the government. Remember, they have, the Ministry of Sport has a deal with Nike. But I also feel that John Donahoe is a man of great conscience and, of, conscience, and if one of these analysts says, how do you deal with religious freedom issues, I don't know what he says. What is he going to say to that question? I don't check my conscience at the PRC door. What is he going to do? So that's going to be a conference call to end all conference calls. That's going to determine things. PRC's on that call. We're sure he's going to get asked the question? Yeah. Oh, less than. You think that he's just like they're all afraid because they're afraid to be cut off? I don't know. Sometimes analysts don't ask those kinds of questions. Journalists do. Well, I mean, it would be interesting. It's like, you know, after they do the Barclays and they do the... Morgan Stanley, uh, uh, President Xi from PRC. <laughs> on the call? Yeah, on the call. Get on the call. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do, you, do you guys favor religious freedom? Hey, I, I have to mention a stock. This is just driving me crazy. There's a company called Lidl. They were very interested. They helped back, by ma- they helped back the mass competition I ran with. The mass com- competition, uh, right? I, I've had them on several times. Sarah Greenstein. Uh, and, and we both, we, I mean, we would always talk about how could our stock, how could their stock be so undervalued? And I'd be like, well, it's not followed by very people. What do they do? They do very uh, interesting fabrics, that, uh, engineer fabrics that, that are, frank, frankly, they can breathe. They can do many things. But they got a bid today from um, uh, Unifrex, David. Right. And for almost double. And Sarah was like, I mean, this was one of those things that people have to remember. Clear Lake Capital, Unifrex. People have to remember that you could own a stock that could double simply because it didn't have any. No one paid attention to it. And that was Lidl. I mean, they were one of the great, they, they were the great PP, PPE company other than Owens and Minor, which is another one that is up 10 times. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, try to have one of these. It was not a speculative stock. It's always incredibly cheap, but it was undercovered because there's so many companies now. They can't all be covered. 
Um, they can't. There's no, too many companies. There, there's a lot of companies. And, uh, there's a lot, still, of companies. a lot of SPACs, by the way, out there, which gets me to, uh, you know, we mentioned at the top of the show, of course, uh, Bill Ackman's back, Pershing Square, Tontine Holdings. <laughs> That's why they asked me to do it, just so they could play oh that. My God, I that love is that. the funniest. I love uh, that. We've already gone into great detail about what is an extremely complex transaction involving uh, uh, Ackman's SPAC, of course, but they did make it official. They are buying 10% of Universal Music, um, roughly $4 billion, a little over $4 billion, so putting, let's call it a $42 billion value really is what it ends up being for UMG. And then you get those shares distributed to you. What's fascinating about this deal, if you want to call it that, is that the SPAC remains. Uh, it remains. It doesn't remain quite the same, but uh, it's still got a billion and a half in cash, potentially access to as much as another billion four. So we can go out and, and try and do another deal, perhaps a smaller deal, because I think even though uh, Bill would say otherwise, uh, the university candidates for which he was pursuing, given the size of the SPAC originally, may just not have been large enough to pull off the deal that he had hoped for. Uh, and then he's created this thing called a spark, because why not, right? Why not create something new? That's right. going to be warrants. You're going to get them. It gives you the right to, own, to buy at 20 bucks, time value, you know, plenty of time. That's for the next deal. Um, and I'm going to leave it there on this one, guys. It's, it's complex. Um, Ackman always sort of, he likes to drift out onto the margins. Yeah. Remember Valiant? I mean, the initial oh, what happened there and some people saying, you can really do that? You can be part of a bid and no, but he did. Uh, back to the Gotham days. But here, again, he's doing something that has not been done before. Did you get still trading uh, $2.77 above issue. So did you, The treatment of director warrants, that page, did you? No, tell me about it. Original director warrants. Yes. You know, it's just a, They're getting rid of them, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm saying this is, it's a very complex transaction. They spring it on you this morning you can either study this or um, the rest of the market. You got it right. You got a lot of time to. You have some time still to, to do it. But what's also interesting, of course, is it will focus people yet again on the value of Universal Music, which will soon become a, a public company with that Amsterdam listing. Vivendi, of course, is its owner now. Yes. Yes. So with that, uh, nice gain here. In fact, it's the best gain for the Dow since the middle of May. Uh, let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Hey, everybody. So no trend continues in a straight line. We are seeing reversal of the trade last week. So cyclicals outperforming a bit today here. Take a look at the sectors, materials, uh, industrials. There's a cyclical play. Uh, energy stocks as well uh, on the upside. Uh, tech's lagging a little bit. So in inverse of what happened last week, if you take a look at some of the key cyclical names, all of which had a, a great week last week, uh, CF, Mosaic, a big uh, fertilizer, Caterpillar, uh, Nucor, some of the other ones, Schlumberger, uh, all uh, as you can see, to the upside. Tech, uh, notable downside day here for some of the big semiconductor names, but they had an amazing week. NVIDIA was at a new high uh, last week, uh, Micron, Amazon. But these are fairly modest declines. Apple's down a little less than a, a half a percent right now. I think the Fed's action importantly clarified where we are in the economic cycle, and that was a big help to the overall markets. I know it caused a little bit of agita uh, with the movement out of cyclicals and into tech, but just take a look where we are, or at least where the market thinks we are uh, at this point. Uh, peak everything. That's the key paradigm. What does it mean? Where are we? Uh, it's mid-cycle. It means growth and earnings are still strong, but they're slowing. They're decelerating in the third and fourth quarter. 
interest rates remain low to moderate. Uh, tech tends to outperform in mid-cycle. That's reliable growth. That's the way to look at that. And underperforming are cyclicals like value stocks. Uh, and that's because we're past the early cycle when cyclicals tend to do a lot better. The big argument, can you make an argument at this point that you want to keep buying tech? I think that's going to be the real issue here. Uh, and has the Fed's actions hurt the earnings estimates? So far, it's early. <laughs> These are bottoms up, guys. But uh, it does not seem to be hurting them. 2021 earnings numbers are still rising. That's $190.56 for the overall S&P 500. That's been going up for months now. The 2022 number at 213 is also rising. That is a very aggressive number, folks. And remember, the old high was 163. So I know people who think we can do 220, 222 uh, in 2022. Those are, we need to have a very strong economy, people, to get that kind of number here. So there's the risk that the earnings numbers slow down a bit. Uh, and remember, this is peak everything here. The second quarter is we're not going to see earnings growth at 64 percent very often, folks. It's been going up. The set third and fourth quarter, they're uh, half of these numbers here. So you still go up, but these, you get deceleration. The percentage increase is not as much. Finally, just want to mention uh, here, you heard David talking about uh, the president meeting with the regulators on climate change. The important thing here is, remember, the SEC has already been very aggressive here. They've just concluded about a week and a half ago a public comment period on expanding all of this corporate climate disclosures. They're now looking through those public comments. They have already launched a climate ESG enforcement task force. House Republicans have been pushing back very aggressively, saying they're overstepping their bounds. Uh, there is a legal issue here, David, uh, called materiality, whether uh, ESG disclosure is material to the investment returns and whether it would fall in their category. Uh, Gensler has pushed back on this, insisting that it is uh, material, and also that not everything the SEC requires to disclose necessarily has to be material. This gets a little bit wonky, but materiality goes to the core of this whole debate, uh, and I think you're going to see the SEC moving very, very aggressively, despite what the House Republicans are telling them. Guys, back to you. Yeah, interesting, Bob. And, of course, we remember your interview with uh, Chairman Gensler a couple of weeks back. It was right, a great, great. one. Great uh, Bob, thank you. Bob Sani. Well, still to come right here, Continental Resources Chairman Harold Hamm is going to give us his take on inflation, oil prices, a new index as well we'll get to for, uh, for oil. But first, uh, it is time for the bond report. Yeah, so let's take a look at how Treasuries are faring this morning. Show it to you right there. Yields, uh, as you see, 1475 on the 10-year. You can see uh, the two-year, 10-year spread is up from what are at least the February lows. We'll be right back. American Airlines trimming about 1% of its flights for the first half of July. Like other carriers, it has seen a sharp rebound in travel demand as the pandemic recedes. It's making the move due to some staffing crunches and other issues as well. Cuts will amount to about 950 flights, Jim. They mentioned staffing, and then they mentioned unprecedented weather, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, the whole thing was a little odd because I thought that everybody was ready for the the onslaught of new travelers. How can they continue to misjudge this? I mean, it's obvious that the country, everybody is, look, anybody I know goes to an airport. It's like the most, you know, they just see it. It's like your own eyes are telling you that people want to travel. They do. They want to do everything. They want to do everything. Except go back to the office. Roaring 20s. 
it's the only place I don't want to go. Oh, it's always funny when you ask people, you know, younger people. Um, so when are you going to go back to the office? Yeah. And they say, well, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I went out. I was in it's seven restaurants. Yeah. I was here. I was there. Well, you're going to go back How to about work? No, I'm not going back. No, uh, you know, Monday. How about the Zoom call? Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's a Zoom call like the white. It's, you know, it's Hollywood Square. Office health risk in the office. Everywhere else. It really is. Yeah. It is. I, mean, I just can't believe that the banks are allowing this kind of like, hey, you know, maybe this is your Wednesday. Are you on Monday, Wednesday, Friday? I, no, I'm on Tuesday and Thursday. What? What? They make the rules? The 28-year-olds make the 26-year-olds actually, make the rules? It's actually a fascinating business story. We don't have time to discuss it now, but we will in, in what terms are, of the decisions corporations are making right now about whether to be hybrid or whether to force people to be in person. It should be, be fascinating to watch. It should be hybrid in auto, hybrid in... Oh, I, I can't believe... I was talking to someone who was a 24-year-old 20, yeah. who was determining what days what days they're going to show to work. Yeah, well, I mean, if they don't want that 24-year-old to go somewhere else, they yeah. maybe got to... That's the other side I always said the same thing in my hedge fund. You can have Saturday off or Sunday off. It's up to you. <laughs> Remote work on Saturday. <laughs> We'll get started trading with Jim in a moment. Don't go away. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. First reluctant shout-out to the Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks for landing. Okay. <laughs> there, did that. Check that box. Thanks. Right, so we keep uh, thinking about what China's doing. Do you know that China last, this weekend, cracked down on iron or futures? They think that there's too much hoarding. China's National Development and Reform Commission and State Administration for Member regu- Market Regulation. There's, that's, there's an SEC for you. Doesn't want it. Now, one of these meme stocks is Cleveland Cliffs, and I happen to like it very much. They happen to be a gigantic iron ore producer. But just be aware that when the Chinese crack down on something, there's very, very quickly uh, the people who have been hoarding it are selling it. Anybody who trades commodities. Yeah, you got to do that. that Just like I think I just I really believe that the Chinese do not want American billionaires who own Bitcoin controlling their currency. They want to control their currency. And I just think that we better stay focused on this because. China is increasingly active in every market that we're involved in. Where's Didi? Didi was supposed to, I thought, come in this week. That's the antitrust. I think there's an antitrust issue. Jim, what's tonight? I've got Cerns, which is a company that does the sound system, many things. You talk to your car and it does stuff. And then Box, coming public via SPAC. They're back. You're back, David. You're back, Carl. SPACs are back. SPACs are back, too. Yeah, to me, that's a Costco knockoff, but whatever. Every company has a right to come public. That's what I've learned. Every company. My father ran National Gift Wrap Box Company. Would have been a spack and a half right now. <laughs> I'm sure it would have. I'm sure it would have. I can see ticker, those 2000, symbol, a pop, pop, 2028 right? projections <laughs> right now. They're amazing. My dog was talking about my two dogs. Once you had two dogs, spack. <laughs> Jim, it's good to be back. We'll see you tonight. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Got a 1% gain on the Dow. Don't go away. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. 
Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.